0: Welcome to the first official episode of Pull Up with Miles and Owen. Uh, I am Owen Pence. I'm joined by Miles Ehrlich, the homie, my co-worker, my my number one WNBA fan friend. And uh, we're starting a podcast together. What's up, everyone? What's up, Miles? How are you doing? I'm
1: good. I'm good. We finally made it. This has been a long journey to get to you know, 30
0: seconds into the first episode, but I'm excited to be here. <laughs> it is. I want to thank everyone. I want to thank my family. I'm going to do my full Oscars speech here, but like for everyone, you know, who's, who's listening, we've, uh, we've had this in the works for a while and, uh, we're finally putting it into motion and we're, we're psyched. I think we're going to, we're going to give you a little kind of overview of, of what we hope to do, um, with this podcast and, and who we want to talk to. But I think the, the the number one thing here is is just pure unbridled excitement for the season and to talk hoops and to talk to a lot of cool people.
1: Yeah, and don't want to bury the lead because yes, we're we're talking about how great this is for us to have this opportunity, but we are really hitting the ground running and we've just got a super exciting interview to start this off with Kayla Thornton, who's one of the newest members of the Liberty and we're going to get to that in a little bit. But it's just a really kind of cool uh, culmination of a lot of time, a lot of preparation, a village of people helping us and nudging us along the way. And we just want to talk to some of the friends that we've got in the media. We want to talk to players and coaches around the W. We want to talk to anyone that we think is cool and, and has something to say about the WNBA and about women's basketball as a space.
0: And we now have a platform to do it. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's one of the things is that, so to give people a little bit of background here, I started at Winsider um, prior to the 2020 season miles started prior to the 2021 season, uh, and, and had been in this space previous to that. Um, and you know, we, we hit it off and, and being coworkers together, like it's, it's been very natural to just, you know, be talking hoops. And, and sharing our excitement for, for the game. And so I think that that our, our, um, our goal with this podcast is kind of twofold. One is to talk, as Miles said, to all kinds of cool people. A- anyone in this space, I think, can relate to this. You just want to be having conversations about the league. And constantly you are coming across people, whether it be in media, whether it be players, coaches, whoever, uh, who it's like, man, It would be awesome to just get to talk to this person for half an hour or whatever and have a conversation about basketball, have a conversation about their career, how they got into the game, interests outside the game, etc. So I think that's one major element of it. And then the other element, which is, you know, kind of maybe selfish, is to just go back and forth and ourselves shoot the breeze and, oh, something major just happened. We got to talk about it. And, hey, that's That's what podcasts are for, I've heard. So so we're starting. one.
1: Yeah, we are also just very lucky to live about 20 minutes away from each other. Uh, So that also made a lot of this possible and and covering New York Liberty Games together last year. And I, I think, yeah, I've got like a perfect example for just I think everyone that's in the W space knows that this is somewhat of a bubble when you're on w twitter or when you're at the games themselves and after it ends and the barclays center clears out or whatever arena you're at it's hard to continue those conversations and we would catch ourselves after the games still just like talking w like three hours later um yeah i a couple weeks ago Texting at like three o'clock in the morning trying to figure out the next three WNBA champions based on what moves we predicted and or thought might possibly happen. And it'll be fun to revisit that on a podcast at some point. I'm sure we will. Because yeah. <laughs> we
0: should have with that, which is uh we we saw the script. We've seen the script. Like the, the, the next three <laughs> years, you know, lock it down. It's it's uh, it's happening. No, but but honestly, that's what I was about to say is that like we've recorded essentially without actually recording you know this podcast a bazillion times in in post game over beers or, or whatever um, and so to just kind of formalize it uh, is very exciting and and really to bring other people in I think we want to highlight people who we really admire um, in the game. And and a lot of that, you know, is our fellow media members who who drive us to be better, who are doing work that we're constantly astounded by, Um, and to just bring people on to kind of talk about what they do, what they love, and and then obviously to to talk hoops. So it's uh, like Miles said, we're very grateful and blessed to have this opportunity, and uh, just super excited to kind of get it off the ground here. Mm -hmm. And this will be the
1: calmest episode i'm guessing because we're not throwing any topics at each other for us to argue about uh but we're just we're both just
0: genuinely excited to get this off the ground yeah everyone at this point they're like it's too wholesome this is too mushy like where are the takes i i you know i i I know that's what the people are saying don't worry they're they're coming we gotta get coming
1: But I think without any further ado, we should just kind of give them what they're here for, which is the Kayla interview, which was amazing and exciting. And it was really also kind of grounding for me because the last couple of days with all of the free agency news, especially in New York, has just been so overwhelming. And both of us have been, I think, nonstop, 30 tabs open at the same time trying to publish breaking news and trying to keep up with rumors that we're hearing and get on top of stuff, get in front of stuff. And this kind of made it feel real for me a little bit in a way that it hasn't so far just because we haven't had a moment to take a take a step back and to really take a breath. And, and it was cool to talk to someone who's on the other side of the world currently playing basketball in Australia, trying to keep up with all of these moves that are happening, uh, like the opposite clock.
0: No, totally. I think you said it perfectly. Like it, it hasn't felt real and this kind of, you know, certified it in a way or just made it, it was like, Oh yeah, this is really happening to catch people up. Cause you know, this is the other thing is like, we, we, we want all the, the WNBA hardcore fans. We were, we're so thankful that you're listening. We also want people who are trying to get into the game. You know, it's not going to be all granular X's nose and, and, and like the minutia of the league there, there are going to be episodes focus more on that but we also want to kind of bring people in and introduce uh you know certain players who we think deserve more more shine and and kind of highlight them and just allow people to get to know these players as people um and 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 that's one of our main kind of objectives in starting this podcast so to to catch people up if you haven't been you know, looking at your 30 tabs and toggling between, you know, multiple basketball reference pages to, to try to publish breaking news. Uh, the New York Liberty, uh, who as recently as the bubble season of 2020, won a total of two games in 2020, were, were in full rebuild mode. Um, and, and since then have risen and, and gradually kind of taken steps to rebuild and, and to get stronger, uh, last year, New York won a playoff game and this off season, they have added John Quell Jones, 2021 MVP, Brianna Stewart, a two-time champion and a, and a former MVP, Courtney VanderSloot, one of the great point guards to ever play the game. And our esteemed podcast guest today, Kayla Thornton, who, in my opinion, is one of my favorite players to watch in the W. Uh, uh, Known for her defense, she is one of the best defenders in this league. She really is a two-way player, though. She she has a lot of talent on both ends. Uh, She can knock down threes. She's a really underrated rebounder. And defensively, I just cannot get enough of watching her play. She she can hang with people on the perimeter. She'll guard bigger players down low. Uh, she really does it all. She's just got kind of a grittiness and a, and a toughness to her that is going to fit so perfectly, you know, with the kind of identity of New York basketball. And so all of a sudden, New York has gone from this rebuilding stage to a period where they are going to enter this year as one of the two powerhouses alongside the Las Vegas Aces, the defending champions. And and there's tons of excitement. I mean, just tons of buzz in the city right now about this team and what it's going to look like. And so that just makes us all the more excited to have been able to talk to Kayla. This was our first interview as a as a member of the Liberty. And so we're just really lucky to have gotten this this opportunity and and had this conversation and and uh excited to share it. Yeah, let's do it. I think
1: let's stop teasing it. Let's just get this done. Boom. (coughs) All right. We are super excited to be joined by one of the newest members of the New York Liberty, Kayla Thornton. Kayla has played seven years in the W with the last six as a member of the Dallas Wings. She's one of the league's premier defenders, which might be the most important attribute a player can bring to the WNBA nowadays. We're both really looking forward to meeting you and covering you in Brooklyn this season, so just... First of all, thank you, Kayla, for taking the time to talk to us all the way in Australia, which for you right now is tomorrow from what it is for us. Um, So just welcome. Welcome to the show. Thank you. The first thing I wanted to chat with you about is you've played basketball all over the world in Israel, in Puerto Rico, South Korea, where you won an MVP, in Italy, and now in Australia. There might be some I'm missing there. I don't know if if I covered them all. Uh, but the overseas is that all of them? Yes uh, the overseas experience isn't for everybody. so how do you find how do you find balance there spending so much time away from the United States?
2: Um, like you said it's not it's a uh, it's a big fa- sacrifice uh, you know leaving your family leaving holidays and stuff like that. Um, you know it's not meant for everybody and you have to really have like a, a, a strong mindset. Um, you know, right now in my career, I use it as a tool to get better, uh, from leaving WNBA and coming over here, just working on different skills, working on my defense, sharpening that up. And, uh, I use this time to, you know, just prepare my mind, you know, my body for the WNBA.
1: Mm -hmm. Is there anything in particular that you're working on anything that you've spoken maybe with the Liberty coaching staff or that you had a goal for this season? Do you kind of go into every off season? Trying to develop something new for the W.
2: Um. Well, you know, I really have I haven't uh sat down and really talked to Sandy um yet. I will uh, eventually. Um. But I, you know, I just, I just, you know, go back and um, you know, my trainer, we uh analyze our, you know, my gains from the previous, the previous years, and we kind of just sit down and talk about what I need to get better at and, and stuff like that. And then you know, he just gives me some tips and and whatnot to what I need to do to you know. To get better on the offensive side and defensive side, and I kind of just kind of implement that when I go overseas and really work on it because I, you know, it's the best time to do it because you know you, you're playing about almost 40 minutes and stuff like that. So, um, really don't know what, uh, you know, since I'm going to New York, don't really know the concept or what they have planned. But I just work on my game overall, just to be pa- just to be prepared for whatever uh, might come my way.
0: Are there any experiences from your overseas career whether they be on the court or off the court that kind of stick out to you as being really memorable?
2: Um no, not really. I think I I would say when I played in South Korea and winning that championship and, you know, getting MVP, it really carried over to my, you know, uh NBA when I was in Dallas. Um so that's, that's kind of an only, the only memorable thing, but other than that, you know, it's just a blessing to be able to, to travel and play the sport that I love and uh, be able to, you know, to sightsee and just see like the different cultures and experience um, what others really can't do. So that, that alone is a, is a blessing.
0: And, and how is the current season going? How do you feel about your game at the current moment? Where, where's it at?
2: Um, it's getting, it's getting to where it needs to be. Um, you know, Australia is a, is a good league and I'm working on a lot of different things. Um, just building up, you know, uh, filling up my, you know, um, what's the word I'm trying to say, uh, my bag. So when I get back, um, you know, I'm I'm just prepared. So it's, it's going good right now.
1: And you're also, I have to point it out. You're currently playing alongside one of the greatest women to ever pick up a basketball in Lauren Jackson, uh, she was recently honored for all her contribution to the sport in front of a record WNBL crowd. Yeah. What has that been like sharing that huddle? And what do you think you'll take away most from that experience?
2: Um oh, man, it's it's been an amazing journey playing along with Lauren Jackson. Um, I really didn't know too much about of course I heard about her, you know, in the league and stuff like that, but to really get to know her as a person, to be around her, you know, her her kids and stuff like that. It's just been an honor. Um you know, she she tells us different things and stuff like that. So just to watch her and then, you know, for her to come back at that age and still be dominant, you know what I'm saying, is, is, is amazing. So it's, it's a blessing to be among a, a great. We we jumped right
0: into the overseas stuff and we're going to get into the WNBA stuff, but I, I want to rewind a little bit um i'm always curious to know how did you get in the ball and just when do you remember yourself kind of falling in love with the game
2: um i would say when i was in high school because you know my first uh my first love was actually track and field and um you know my family ran track um and stuff like that so i was running to track since i was little uh in the summer and stuff like that and i kind of fell in love with it and kind of uh my end of the my junior in high school I kind of was like, you know, well, I got to decide which one. And, you know, um, part of me, I'm big with my faith. So I kind of just prayed about it. And this is what God has led me to do. And ever since then, i just kind of just been in love with it and just been trying to work on my craft to uh, get better each and every year.
0: D- did running track like help you in any way transitioning into basketball? Are there any similarities or anything that, that you kind of see as like, oh, yeah, I ran track and that really helps me on defense in this certain area or whatever?
2: Uh, I mean, it's it's not so many sim- similarities, but I will say since, you know, I did run track and field in cross country, it helped with my, you know, um my running and my stamina and being able to uh you know, get up and down the court without getting, you know, tired and stuff like that. And, you know, just being able to sprint and be, you know, one of the fastest. So in that aspect, it helped.
0: Absolutely. All right. So I have a question that I love asking elite defenders, which is, was there a specific point, or it doesn't have to be a specific point. It could be just a period of your basketball career where you kind of realized it dawned on you like, Oh, I'm, I'm different on defense. Like I'm, I'm a special defensive player.
2: Uh, yeah, I'll say that, you know, when I first got into the league, um, and, uh, you know, I always talked about when I, before I got in the league and, uh, played against kind of Sparkle, she was like one of my favorite players and I was guarding her. And when I had the opportunity to guard her and I was just like, well, look, this is, I'm guarding one of the best. And I kind of found myself right then and there. Not only her, her, you know, with Deladon too. So, uh, when I was, you know, able to, to, to guard them and do a decent pretty job that that right there told me all right you know I got something so because you know those are just those are two great those are two great players
1: I was about to say you might have answered my next question which is just are those the toughest players that you've ever had to guard in the W
2: uh I would say among the yeah I would say you know Candice Parker um Don, uh the times I was put on uh Diana Taurasi Uh, you know, she's, she's kind of difficult, you know, you really can't touch her too much.
1: Yeah. Those are some good names. Those are some good names to go up against.
2: Yeah, definitely. So that, I think those would be my, like my top. But of course there's, uh, there's a lot of greats that I've, I've guarded that have, you know, really, uh, tested my, you know, my defensive skills.
0: As something I think to switch here to the, to the offensive end of the ball, I think something that maybe the casual fans don't quite understand is just how prolific, you know, all WNBA players were offensively in high school and college, like growing up, even if you've known more for your defense now, uh, you know, you guys were, were on these all time scoring leader, leaderboards, you know, in high school and college. So what was the process like adapting to the pros where you're no longer the top scoring option on your team? And how do you see your offensive game having grown in that sense?
2: Um, of course, you know, you know everybody has their accolades, you know, when they're in high school and stuff like that, and you're you you know you're number one and stuff like that. And then you get to a league where you have people that do the same thing you did and better. So it's just adjusting and knowing your role, you know and and um sacrificing, you know what I'm saying? Um, and that's one thing I you know I had to learn. um for me, like I said, um you know, defense, I'm known as defense, but I think also too, uh I'm I'm showing that I can be a two-way player um on both ends. And it's just the opportunity that's given to you. And you gotta grab it and and you know and take it. Um but like I said, you know, everybody does the same thing that you do. It's just you got to find ways to stand out and um and prove that and you know it just depends on what team and who you're around and stuff like that. So all that plays an effect.
1: Well we we talked a little bit earlier about your overseas accolades. But this, your journey was anything but the linear WNBA journey for someone who's mm-hmm. been in the league for as long as you have, just going out of coming out of college and undrafted in 2014. So how did that, or how does that still even motivate you on the court? Is that something you still think about this far into your career?
2: Oh, definitely. Um, you know, uh, I try not to get relaxed because you know in this league uh, it's tough. It's tough to stay in, and you have to evolve your game every year. Um, there's always uh, new rookies new people coming in and you can't stay the same um and just for me I just kind of keep a you know a fire lit in me because my journey in the, NBA, the WNBA is not you, you know your typical you know I've been cut twice and normally people would just been like you know I'll just hang it up but I knew I had a purpose from God to to do this and I kind of just stuck with it and you know with the help of my parents and my trainer stuff like that you know it's just it's just been a a blessed road a a blessed journey on and um i kind of just keep it like that kind of just stay in my place i do what i need to do and whatever i have to do to to get a championship to help my teammates get better you know that's 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 what i'm gonna do
0: all right so so we gotta ask it you you went to high school in texas went to college there played for the wings what are your feelings about getting traded to the East Coast? What are your thoughts on the east coast? are you Are you prepared for the cold?
2: Um, uh, well, you know, my family's from the East Coast. My mom's family, and my daddy's family's from the East Coast. Um, but, you know, we moved back to Texas because, you know, we really don't like the cold, but um, it's a new adventure, so I'm excited. Um I know New York is big. i ain't I have never took a train in my life. I'm scared to take trains um. So uh, we'll see, I, you know, I really don't do too much. So it's kind of good that my apartment is on top of where we play. So I don't have to move around too much. So we'll see. We'll see how I adjust to a big city.
0: If it makes you feel any better as a New Yorker myself, I am also scared to take the trains and still can't find. My- <laughs> so you're, you're not alone. <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm curious being overseas right now, how did you learn about the trade and what was that experience like kind of talking to your family, et cetera, you know, learning that, that this big life altering move had happened?
2: Um, well, I didn't, I I really didn't see it coming. Um, I didn't know nothing about it. Uh, Like I said, you know, with the time difference over, over here in Australia and being a deadhead, um, I was actually in practice. And I got to my phone, and I had all these messages and stuff. And I'm just like, you know, my phone ain't never this popping. Like, who, you know, what's going on, you know? And then I, I, I seen my first message from my agent about, hey, call me as soon as you can. You got traded. So that, I was like, what? So then, like, I kind of started reading everything else. And at that moment, you know, it, it, it was just overwhelming because I just had all different sorts of people calling me and congratulating me and stuff like that. But I really didn't take it in yet. So it could take me about a day to really just settle in and you know, I kind of went by myself and you know, prayed and I called my mom and stuff like that. And then once it kind of registered in, I was like, you know, this is a blessing. And um and I was excited because, you know, uh, you know, when one door closes, another one opens and I'm just grateful for the opportunity. I'm grateful for Sandy, the organization, the GM that's gonna take a chance on me and see what I really have and stuff like that. So I'm actually just really excited
1: and okay i gotta talk about the elephant of the room in the last couple of weeks the liberty have added now two former mvps and one of the best point guards in league history how do you process all of that being on the other side of the world like does it feel abstract does it feel fake or has does it feel real at all to you at this point
2: yeah well you know i really don't try to like um i'm not a big social person and stuff like that you know again on social media so um you know, I kind of was late to the news and stuff like that. But when I found that, you know, we signed Stewie, John Clo Jones, and then a uh, Sloop, I'm like, man, like, I, you know, I got like, I got shivers, like, my, I got goosebumps. I'm just like, I just, I can't wait. But I didn't get too far ahead of myself. I like to concentrate on one thing at a time, you know, um, get this league down here. And then when I get, you know, back to the stage, then I can worry about that. But in the back of my mind, I'm just like, man, they don't know what they have coming this year from New York. So I'm, um, I'm, I'm so excited.
0: You mentioned earlier Candace Parker being one of your favorite players. Are there any memories you have of of watching her even before you became a pro? And then are you prepared to be on the opposite side of a potential, you know, major rivalry here with her?
2: Yeah, um, I watched, I watched some of her games. I just kind of just liked it because she just was just an overall player um you know back when I was you know watching her and stuff like that but I mean I've been playing against her you know for seven years now and now that she you know moved to Las Vegas and stuff like that so I mean nothing's really gonna change it's, it's gonna be the same thing
0: speaking of all around games and and you know you are certainly a two-way player do you think that there's an aspect of your game that is underappreciated like what do you find about your game that that people might not talk about but that you feel good about
2: uh, I mean, I really don't get into that. Um, for me, I, I know what I'm capable of and it's just the opportunities, like I said, it's the team that you're on. Um uh for me I am a two way player, but I think, you know, for as far as my defense it really hasn't got recognized um how it should be, but you know, I don't really get into that. I just keep every year trying to prove myself and um I know eventually it, it will. So it's just it's just about God's timing and stuff.
1: And I just have one more for you. For for the fans in Brooklyn that might not be super familiar with your game, what does Kayla Thornton bring to the New York Liberty?
2: Um, I'm just going to bring grit. I'm going to bring a warrior mentality. I'm going to bring a dog mentality. I'm going to just do whatever needs to be done. I mean, you're going to see me all over the court on offense, defense, all that.
1: That's great. New York's gonna love you because that's the that's the kind of energy that New York basketball has put out my entire life. And I think you're gonna fit in perfectly here. And we're we're grateful to we're looking forward to meeting you in person when you get here for trading camp. And I uh, just want to say thank you for taking the time to talk to us.
2: Oh no, I appreciate the time. Thank you.
1: <laughs> okay, that was a that was a really cool way to get started. So huge thank yous to so many people that We're not going to do this after every episode. We're going to thank the people that came on that time. But we also have thank yous for the people that helped us get to this stage. Uh, But first and foremost, Kayla Thornton, who we're so excited to see play this summer, and Brian Flannery from the Liberty Organization, just helping us set this all up. We have to say thanks to Chris Wozniak, who is the graphic goat. You know his art. If you don't know his face, he hid behind a Lego profile picture for a number of years. Um, thank you, Chris, because not just in this instance, but in all of the articles that we've published over at Insider, you always make us look good. Uh, thank you to Mabel Pence for the dope intro music. I cannot stop humming this already. It's already stuck in my head all the time. And my fiance loves it right now. We're going to have to check in in a couple of episodes to see if that's the case still. But I think that she's going to love it, too. Um, While we're there, shout out to Allie for always supporting all of my my W talk. And I think it's a good thing that I'm getting a platform to talk about it to somebody else, Uh, even if it's kind of shouting into the void somewhat so that she's off the hook a little bit. Um, Thank you to R.E.A. Schwartz and the Windsider team for just always supporting us and always pushing us to get this podcast off the ground. It's finally happening. And then my last thank you is just to the rest of y'all for just listening and just hanging with us. And we're really excited to just have you guys pull up for more stuff in the future.
0: Yeah, you said it perfectly. I got nothing to add. Echo everything Miles said. We're just so psyched and really appreciate you guys supporting and sharing this and uh, just pulling up.